0: This this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Good Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming online at supertalk.fm. Glad to have you along, Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. One more day of the work week, then we get to another college football Saturday. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, online at mslandbank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing and refinancing land for over 100 years. And that's why they say that they know the lay of the land. If you're a farmer in North Mississippi with equipment needs, looking to buy a new piece of property, uh, perhaps you're going to refinance an existing loan or get a production loan, or you're just looking to build a house in the country or buy a piece of recreational land, check out Mississippi Land Bank, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. NFL season begins tonight. You know, one thing that you don't have this year And, you know, it was was huge and rampant two years ago. Last year, there was a little bit of residual. There certainly are still people who have just left the NFL behind. But that's not a large number of people in terms of what the television ratings show. Television ratings bounced back in a big way last year. And you don't really have the discussion going into this season of the people who, oh, I'm done with the NFL. It's like the people that are done with the NFL have just moved on and aren't talking about it, and everybody else just kind of likes football, and so they watch. And with that as the backdrop, Morky, we begin another NFL season tonight.
2: Yeah, excited about that. And funny you mentioned that. I was actually having a, a conversation a couple of days ago. with uh, He's a very dear friend of mine that our outlook on life, don't, they don't really align all that often. And when the whole protest thing was going on, He was very adamant, you know, just anti-NFL, I'll never watch again, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate them never consuming it again. Of course, I didn't really care one way or the other because I like football and I don't look at athletes as intellectual role models. So it didn't really bother me. He's back now. Uh, The protest is over and now he's back watching the NFL because they're not doing it anymore. And so I wonder if uh, there's even that little segment of people that, now that they're not doing that, will come back in and realize that it's just a game and they like watching football.
3: Are you suggesting that the small faction of woke cancel culture is full of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Hey, Dad, what's up on a Thursday? Not much up here, man. Enjoying a, enjoying a very peaceful day in Startville, getting ready for a big weekend, uh, the first home weekend of the year.
1: You know, I, I think the weather forecast showed that today was supposed to be slightly less hot and it was. than the last it, couple it, of days it is a have thing. been and the next few days are going to
0: be. Still pretty hot, though. Still yeah, hot. it's less hot. It's like saying, you know, somebody is skinnier than me. Well, they could still be fat.
3: <laughs> I was promised 80-degree temperatures for the Memphis game. Were you? Yeah, I was. By Jim Cantore himself. I don't know. Are you blaming that on me? I no, you see, I'm not shooting the messenger. I look,
1: I just that's all I was was the messenger. I was just reading a forecast. Yeah, it's uh, in North Mississippi, somewhere between 91 and about 93, and feels like 95 to 97, depending on where you are, and uh, it's only going to warm up for the uh, the next couple of days. Mississippi State, uh, as a school, put out an advisory yesterday. Uh, Some different policies in place for Saturday where it's expected to be in the
3: mid-90s with heat indices in the triple digits. Ole Miss is going above and beyond. They put firefest tents out on the field. Private villas, (laughs) grilled cheeses, the whole ball of wax. It's going to be a fun-filled Saturday in the vault. I
0: wonder if they're possibly looking at doing a remote there one day, but I don't know that that structurally could hold me up there, so uh, that's an ex-nay
3: on that. I'd like to get Ja Rule to play a concert there. We could have it maybe even call it its own island.
1: Well, they're no longer structural issues because the whole deck system was taken out and they've just put tents over bleachers.
3: That, what, it gives about five, six rows of shade? Something like that. I
1: mean, the good news is it's a 6.30 kickoff.
3: It's more shade than they had the first two years in that sauna.
1: There, uh, there will not be shade, well, limited shade next week, and probably that's the case the week after as well. What? The uh, 2.30 or 3.30 kickoff next week against Southeastern Louisiana and then the following week hasn't been announced yet, but uh, I feel confident in telling you that you can go ahead and put 11 o'clock on your calendar for Ole Miss and Cal.
0: That makes Brian Scott Rippy happy. Probably not a lot of other people. I bet there'll be plenty of shade from the Brian Scott Rippy Twitter account this weekend, though. Do you think so? Uh, probably. No one. Following him on Twitter as I do, yes, I would think so.
3: I don't know. I don't provide any shade.
0: Uh,
1: so, so yeah, the whole party deck thing. There are pictures that are now floating around, and basically, it looks like uh, oversized tents that are. Are they even oversized? Well, I mean, oversized in the sense that you can't go to Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods and buy one of those that's like twelve by forty or twelve by thirty. You can buy like the ten by ten pop up tents that everybody uses for tailgating. All over the world, these are slightly so. These would be like if you hire a company to come put up a tent for your outdoor event, or if you go to a graveside service and a funeral company's got a tent propped up over the uh, the casket with a
0: couple of rows of chairs. This is an outdoor Off- event. Offense doesn't get any better. It could be a funeral.
1: There's a Hugh Freeze joke there, isn't there? <laughs>
0: oh, I didn't even yeah. think about that. I could have gone that way. go where's he buried? Uh, didn't he clarify over the weekend that he
1: never uh, actually like came out of a casket? That that he didn't actually. Well, he's not a the undertaker for, for God's sake. Yeah, what, I would just wasn't like
2: it like buried. Just what if I died? And like getting his team to think about if he died. Yeah,
1: apparently the premise behind the whole thing. And far be it for me to be a defender, but because <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. Here it's a motivational go. technique where you go, um if you died, what would people say about you when you were gone? And I guess the idea was live your life in a way that people would say good things about you if you well. Were no I
0: don't know longer. about that, but but his, his eulogy will be certainly interesting now. When yeah. that time comes.
3: It'd be like deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we've been here
0: before. Um, <laughs> 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 ah, we're off to a great... I can't wait for this show. This is going to be the best show we've ever had.
3: Let's have a Thursday.
1: Let's have a Thursday. A bunch to get to this afternoon. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports trying to kind of get it rolling a little bit. Off to a little bit of a slow start with his picks uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season. Trey Shapp will join us on the Farm Bureau phone line. He is with The Buzz in Little Rock on the radio there, and uh, guys we've been friends with for a, a long time. And John Cox, the voice of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, who will be high above Davis-Wade Stadium on Saturday, calling the game for uh, Southern Miss Radio Network, will chat with us in the 5 o'clock hour. Also, uh, Mike Frazier from JUCO Weekly, as we preview week two of the Juco football season in Mississippi. There were some interesting results in uh, in week one. We talked about that a little bit on uh, Friday of, uh, of last week. How big of a mm, – I'm not sure what the right word is to use here. What, what would it take for you to willingly behave in a way – that caused you to forfeit twenty nine or thirty million dollars potentially.
0: Sixty to
3: sixty five million dollars?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A really big bank account. I mean if I if if I if I could have that kind of, you know, you know, the heck with you money, then yeah, maybe I would do it. That was a well amended uh comment. I had to think for a up. second. I yeah, couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out how to how to make it work. I
3: did. So, I know another phrase.
1: So with all of the drama that has surrounded Antonio Brown, it was finally time for football season to begin. And we, I think, the four of us kind of settled on the fact that, you know, what? For as crazy as he is, the end game here was Antonio Brown didn't want to go through training camp. He didn't want to go through preseason games, and it felt like things would settle a bit. As they got to the start of the regular season Well, Mike Mayock Formerly of the NFL Network Now the general manager of the Oakland Raiders Decided to send Antonio Brown a letter On behalf of the Raiders organization Informing him that in addition to the $40,000 That he had already been fined He was going to be forfeiting another $13,000 or so in fines Because of workouts that he missed along the way Antonio Brown did not appreciate that. He took a screenshot of the letter. He added some of his personal thoughts to it about his own team hating on him and popped it on Instagram. And now the Raiders have suspended him. And there are a lot of people that are pointing to the fact that this could fall under the conduct detrimental to the team, could cause him to forfeit $29 million. And that there's actually recourse for them to recover a million dollars in signing bonus as well. This story is the one that just won't die. Unlike, well, never mind. Sports Talk Mississippi (laughs) with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. We are back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. The C Spire text line is open to you. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspired. Joel in Tupelo, I work outside for a living. Trust me, today was way better. It's super hot here in Batesville. David in Oxford says he couldn't type fast enough about... The offensive line or Matt Luke's coaching to go along with a funeral joke. Well played, Brian Haydad. Uh, Jeff suggests that uh, getting in an argument with Mike Mayock is a bad idea. Shay in Canton, who has a monument company. They make headstones for funerals, and I'm sure other monuments along the way as well. He sent us a picture of one outside their establishment. It says, Hugh Blewett Freeze." It's got dates as well, including July twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, the um, infamous day of the A date uh, which will live <laughs> in infamy. Yes, uh, Daniel says he just see. I uh, just saw that Antonio Brown has unfollowed the Raiders. <laughs> That'll show him. That will business. show him. Um, Philip is. Outlining a number of issues, uh, Philip is from Starkville. Outlining a number of issues uh, at Ole Miss, Tyler in Starkville says Ole Miss fire tents or Hugh Freeze hospital bed picks. Can't
0: decide which is better. Why well, can't we have both? Let's get some Photoshop
1: be, Which working. is
3: worse? But sure. <coughs> yeah, uh,
1: maybe he meant better from a punchline standpoint. I don't. Uh, I don't know.
3: But they're pretty solid material.
1: Borky, you are convinced that this is a weekend that is going to consist of
2: upsets. Is that correct? Well, it's more wishful thinking than anything else. You've got a lot of big-time home favorites this weekend. Outside of, and I know this is kind of silly, but if you remove LSU-Texas and AM clemson and those are two games with high-profile brands playing each other, I get it. Not a whole lot of games that jump out at you in college football. A lot of big-time home favorites this weekend – And that's usually the recipe for upsets. We talk about it almost every year. Oh, the slate. Really kind of boring this weekend. Not a whole lot grabs you, and that's when something unexpected happens, and that's why we love college football so much. So I look at some of these games with big home favorites and wonder if uh, unexpected upsets come in this weekend. All right, here's some sampling.
1: Tell me what you think. Great chance for an upset? Nah, puncher's chance. Maybe, but it just would take a super aligning of all the constellations. So, like one in a hundred. Absolutely zero chance. More like like one one in in a a million. million. There we go. So we've got great chance, puncher's chance. So you're saying there's a chance. There we go. And zero chance. Southern Miss at Mississippi State. Rippy, we'll start with you.
3: So you're saying there's a chance? Borky?
2: Yeah, I'll go with that. I mean, they'll play football, so, you know, any given Saturday. But it's the, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Part of this. You feel the same way, Dad?
0: I I do. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I I do as well. And that's not a knock on Southern Miss. It's just a – it's
3: simply a reflection of the difference in the rosters. Well, it's not the the lowest category one. It's the second.
0: Yeah. No, State is not a team that can just show up and and win. They have to play well. They can't make mistakes. If they do make mistakes, Southern can capitalize on them. There's a roadmap. Yeah. It's just a really complicated,
1: convoluted map to get from the starting point to Southern Miss dancing on the field at Davis Wade at about 6 o'clock on Saturday night. It is fraught with peril. Texas A&M at Clemson. Clemson, what, 17.5 point favorite in this game. I'll give A&M a puncher's chance. I'm not ready to go they have a great chance. They've got an offensive lineman at Texas A&M who has said there will be an upset. I'm not ready to go down that road with him. But I think Texas A&M's good. And I think Texas A&M might be a little bit ahead of schedule. Kellen Mond, yes, it was against Texas State. But Kellen Mond was impressive. And he got better as the season went along a year ago. He is physically imposing. He's got some guys that he can throw it to um, for for years. Really since Texas A&M came into the SEC. What I've said about the Aggies, eh, they're nice in everything. Nice football stadium. Nice fan base, nice support for their team, nice, if not weird, traditions, but nice. And football team is nice. football team is too nice, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Starting to see a little bit more nasty on that defensive side of the ball. So I'll go puncher's chance. I'm not willing to give anybody a great chance against what I think is clearly the number one team in the country. Certainly, clearly
2: a top three team in the country. Borky? Oh, you're just SEC bias, according to a text we get from the 601, uh, because you give AM a better chance at Clemson than Southern uh, at Mississippi State. So uh, you have that going for you. I'm with you, though. Yeah, that's exactly where I came from on that take. 100%, absolutely. Yeah, you're just SEC bias. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you. I think that they have a puncher's chance in the game. I, I like Kellen Mond, just like you said. Uh, but until somebody can step up and beat the current makeup makeup of this Clemson team, I'm not going to pick them to do it. I, this might even be a humbling game for Texas A&M. But if I woke up Sunday morning and you told me that uh, Texas
0: A&M won this game, I wouldn't be overly shocked. Hey, Dad. I'm in agreement with you guys. They have a puncher's chance. I thought last year was a no-chance game, and A&M played really, really well. And I think Mond is is going to be better this year than he was a season ago. Now, part of that last year was AM was still floating between Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence, and now it's just Trevor Lawrence's show. And it is at Clemson. But to hey, but s- look, say an uh, SEC team is going in, you know, no chance, that's, that's hard to believe.
1: Yeah, and I, not to disrupt that train of thought, but without Kelly Bryant, Clemson does not win that game a year ago. You're right. Yeah, they, so, they played both of them early, chance. but it was Kelly Bryant who, who ended up going the distance and, and making some big plays down the stretch. You're in the same boat, hey uh Rippy?
3: Yeah, punchers chance.
1: Cincinnati at Ohio State. Start with you, Rippy.
3: Halfway, so you're saying there's a chance and halfway punchers chance? Somebody I was listening to the radio the other day. So we day. need a subcategory for the categories? No, but I'm making my own rules. Okay. Um so but the uh the dangerous Someone on National Radio the other day, and I can't remember which show it was, pointed out that after the twenty eight nothing started like the first what ten minutes of that game, FAU outscored Ohio State twenty one to seventeen for the three over three quarters. So Ohio State I just think Ohio State's kinda of playing with their food a little bit. Um hey maybe. I didn't watch a ton of the game, but how are you how does, how does a team of that level roster outscore you for three and a half quarters even if you went up 28 to nothing? Yeah. Just saying, Ohio State has some issues. Cincinnati's pretty good. So. Well, how does
1: Georgia only kick two field goals in the second half against Vanderbilt?
3: Vanderbilt played better.
1: But Georgia is that much better than Vanderbilt in the same way that Ohio State is that much better than FAU.
3: Probably, but did Georgia allow 21 points? No, they did not. Three touchdowns to FAU at home just seems kind of some issues there. That wasn't the guy's total premise, too. Whoever it was called the game. It may have been Joel Clad. Okay. but So that's why I would put it a little above so you're saying there's a chance.
1: Yeah, and Cincinnati's a good football team. That's an 11-win football team a year ago. Well, that's part of it as well. And Luke Fickle. I mean, there may be a Luke Fickle factor there. guy that spent a long time at Ohio State as a defensive coordinator and as an interim head coach.
3: And you know that's a chip-on-your-shoulder type game. Yeah, you
1: would think. They're an hour apart. Didn't Fickle play at Ohio State also? I think he did.
3: Maybe I made that up. Might have. You
1: guys
0: have a thought on Cincinnati and Ohio State? Puncher's Um, chance. Stranger things have happened.
2: Yeah, by the way, Luke Fickle is a Columbus, Ohio lifer. Okay. Oh, yeah. He not only he's played not at Ohio State, but he was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, that dude wants to go back there and beat them. But beating so UCLA. Michael
0: Borky at, would hate him. Would hate
2: Luke Fickle? Yeah. He's fine.
0: He's, a, he's an Ohio State
2: guy. He's a cockroach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that Borky had called Ohio State fans cockroaches. It's
2: just, you can't kill them, and they're everywhere. <laughs>
1: Hey, we'll, uh, we'll circle back to a couple more of these games <laughs> Army at Michigan, Vanderbilt at Purdue, Tulane at Auburn, Cal going to Washington. We'll look at those a little bit later this afternoon. When we come back on the Farm Bureau phone line, Trey Schaff will join us from 103.7 The Buzz in Little Rock. We'll talk Arkansas Razorbacks as they roll into Oxford on Saturday night, 1 0 after a uh, very ho hum win against Portland State to start the season. We're back after this in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Ole Miss and Arkansas. Saturday night, Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, 630 kickoff on the SEC Network. Trey Schaap knows the Arkansas Razorbacks well, covers them for 103.7 The Buzz in Little Rock. You can follow him on Twitter at trey 1037 Buzz. Hello, my friend. How are you? What's,
4: what's up, Richard? I'm doing good. How are you?
1: You, did we wake you up from a nap? You sound like you're mad no, or asleep no, or something. No, I'm, I'm good. It's all good. I wish I was getting off the golf course, but it's a little hot for that. It is certainly a little warm uh, for uh, for that right now. I saw somebody after, uh, after Saturday's results suggest that Ole Miss and Arkansas should gather in a circle at midfield, hold hands, and watch a trash uh, pile burn in the middle and then just call it a, a draw. Can we see better than that on Saturday night?
4: I think you might see two really good defenses out there. I think, uh, Arkansas' defense has improved from last year. I think Ole Miss's defense, um, has improved from last year as well. So I think you might actually see a couple of good defenses on the field. And for those that, you know, go way back and like the old smash mouth football game, I think this is one that you might have on, on Saturday. I know that Arkansas, obviously with Chad Morris, wants to be a wide open spread attack, run a lot of RPOs and, And, uh, I just don't see them being able to do that well against Ole Miss. Now, they they might, they might come out with some kind of different game plan, obviously, than what they did against Portland State when Chad Moore said they were pretty vanilla, uh, for Ole Miss. But, um, boy, I just, I don't see it being a high scoring affair on Saturday.
1: Trey, I think when we were in, in Hoover this year, we talked about the fact that this was a game that was vitally important for both of these teams because both are desperately trying to navigate their way back to the postseason. And at, at best, both of these programs are, you know, a year or two, maybe three from being where they want to be, where fans feel like they should be. Has anything changed in your mind since we talked about that back in July?
4: No, I think, I think this is a pivotal game for both, both institutions, both programs, and it comes in week two. Um, I think if you're Arkansas, if you win this game, you come home, you feel good going into the Colorado State game, a game that you're going to try and get revenge on after what they did last year in Fort Collins to Arkansas, scoring 17 un- unanswered points to beat the Razorbacks. And, and then Arkansas has San Jose State in Fayetteville. Uh, two weeks from this Saturday. So they could be 4-0 and if they are able to win Saturday in Oxford before they go to Arlington to take on Texas A&M. You look at Ole Miss. Losing game one, they need to get in the win column, and they can start SEC play with a win if they beat Arkansas on Saturday. So it's a pivotal game for both teams.
1: When you, I'm assuming you were there on, on Saturday yeah. to watch the opener against Portland State kind of watching from afar and listening to part of it coming home from Memphis and going back and watching highlights, it didn't feel like there was a lot that was impressive. So what were the the positives that you took away besides the fact that Arkansas got the win?
4: Uh, Raheem Boyd. Uh, he's a okay. guy last year that if you'll remember the running back that got injured with a, a lower back injury in the Ole Miss game, in Little Rock uh, went out, and I think if he stays healthy in that game, Arkansas might have won that game. So, he was a positive. Defense was a positive. Uh, they created turnovers. They had three interceptions. And look, I know it was against Portland State, but still, they were able to uh, create those those turnovers. Um, so, the positives there, positive in the kicking game, they had a couple of times where uh, Sam Lohan, their their new punter who transferred from Vanderbilt, was able to uh, kicked the ball deep to where Arkansas had players down inside the five-yard line to catch the football um, they just didn't for whatever reason until the final time and and that put uh, Portland State at the three-yard line and they had the football Richard uh, with a chance to go down the field and score and if they kick the PAT they, they win the ball game but uh, they threw a late interception so uh, the fact that Arkansas is finally able to pin them deep I think you have to give uh, the special teams are a little bit of a nod too, and some people will say, "Well, special teams, who cares?" But hey, it's all part of the game.
1: You mentioned Smash Mouth a second ago and said that you know, with with improved defenses, maybe on both sides, you could see a game that that plays out a little bit more like this. Given what Raheem Boy did a year ago against Ole Miss, and given what Memphis was able to do on the ground, going for about two hundred yards on the ground in the season opener, do you anticipate? a game plan that even though Chad Morris is known for kind of opening it up and throwing it all over the yard, a a plan where Arkansas comes in absolutely dedicated to running the football? I
4: think when they see that Rakeem Boyd averaged, uh, I want to say around seven yards a carry last Saturday, and he would pick up four, four, five, six yards on on first down, and then they'd throw the ball on second, it'd be incomplete. I think they are going to try and establish the run early, uh, establish the run to open up the pass. Um, I think you'll see a heavy dose of Rakeem Boyd. And, and if I'm Matt Luke and, and Ole Miss and, and I'm looking at it from a defensive perspective, uh, job number one is to stop Rakeem Boyd. you got to find out where number five is. Is he the best number five that Arkansas has ever had? No. That was Darren McFadden. But mm-hmm. he still wears the same jersey uh, number. And uh, he doesn't look like him, but he uh, puts up some pretty good numbers himself.
1: Trey Schapp on your radio from 103.7 The Buzz in Little Rock, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. So Ben Hicks gets the start. We heard a lot of people kind of, it was almost like it became a familiar talking point during the offseason. Well, Ben Hicks is going to be the starter, but won't be surprised at all if Nick Starkle at some point wins the job. Do you buy into that, or is this going to ultimately be Ben Hicks' team?
4: No, I, I do buy into the fact that Nick Starkle could ultimately win the job. He's a guy that didn't get on campus until after he was done with his spring semester at Texas A&M. Uh, Hicks has been on campus since January, uh, transferring in from SMU. He also knows Chad Morris's offense. He knows what Joe Craddock wants, the offensive coordinator. So right now I think he's a little bit ahead of, of, of Nick Starkle. Now, if something happens in the game and, and Hicks just isn't on – like he threw behind some receivers in the game against Portland State. Nick Starkle came in. He did have an interception. Starkle did. Uh, there were some communication issues late in the first half uh, that Chad Morris uh, totally put on his shoulder and said, hey, it's my fault. I'll take the blame for it. So I think if, if Hicks does struggle, struggle, you could see Starkle come in, and if, if he takes off and runs with it, he could be the starter next week against Colorado State. If not, it's going to still be Ben Hicks probably.
1: Trey, what's the overall mood of the Arkansas fan base right now?
4: Uh, they're a little, little down, uh, questioning whether or not this uh, coaching staff can get it done. Uh, it's only year two. And uh, Richard, I was talking to our buddies up in, in Memphis yesterday, Stats and, and David Ocean, and, and I said, when Brett Bielema left the program, you could take a plain white sheet of paper and it would have more players on it than what Brett Bielema left Arkansas with you look at this offense that Chad Morris put on the field last Saturday 11 of them all 11 of them new new starters hmm. for the Arkansas Razorbacks how did that uh, happen Trey complete, uh not recruiting uh, not recruiting the right the right players uh, a new coach coming in and those players not buying into what that coach wants wants to do and Richard, the fact that when Chad Morris took over, he said, hey, guys, you know, when he went through spring ball, not this past year, but the year before when he first got here, and he was asking players to do certain things, and they didn't want to do it. They were like, why why are we doing this, Coach? He said, look, guys, if it would have worked before, I wouldn't be here right now. Obviously, something didn't work before, so this is my way. This is the way I want you to do it, so we're going to do it this way. He was an offensive coordinator at Clemson under Dabo Sweeney, uh, so he knows how it works. Although, you look at his track record at SMU, still hadn't won a Power 5 game yet. So, if if he can get the win this Saturday against Ole Miss, get his first SEC win, get his first Power 5 win, then I think maybe the, the players might start believing in him a little more and the fact that, hey, this process might actually work. Let's, let's all buy in.
1: How difficult is it to recruit to Arkansas. We've always heard people talk about the fact that, you know, it's hard to get to and it's kind of off the map and is it SEC or is it Big 12 or is it old Southwest Conference? So so when you look at Arkansas in the context of 14 teams in the SEC, where is it on the difficulty scale in terms of recruiting?
4: I think it's easier than Missouri. I think it's easier than um South Carolina, I think it's easier than Lexington, Kentucky. I think it's easier to, than Nashville, even though you look at Nashville, it's a major city. But it's easy to get to Fayetteville. Uh, now that they've got I forty nine off of I forty, I mean, from Little Rock, you can be there in two and a half hours, if, yeah. if not less than that. It's an easy drive to Dallas. It's about five hours from Dallas. So um, I think it's it, it's probably easier to get to than it is Starkville, Mississippi. Um, so I, I think it it it's. It's gotten a bad rap, but once people go there and see the facilities, I think they're actually blown away by it. They're like, wow, this is actually very nice. Uh, and Fayetteville has grown up. It's not like it was 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, yeah. um, Richard. It's actually a, a nice town. And and in fact, Northwest Arkansas is about to surpass Central Arkansas in, in, uh, in uh, terms of uh, population. population.
1: Yeah. It has been a remarkable renaissance, uh, or maybe not even a renaissance, but a growing up, as you described it just a second ago. Good stuff, Trey. Look forward to uh, seeing you on Saturday here in Oxford. Should be a fun one. Ole Miss and Arkansas, SEC opener for both of those teams. Thanks for your time.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Are you going to have any special things on the sideline to help keep you cool? Because I hear it's going to be pretty hot down there.
1: I think that's called shorts. (laughs) I'll see you, bud. Thanks to Trey Schaap, for joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favrates.com and go with the home team. When you go to that website, type it in, F-A-V-E. It's like Brett Favre without the R. So favrates.com. There is a spot where you can type in your zip code. It shows exactly where you live. And then it takes you to a screen that will give you the opportunity to get a quote on home insurance and a quote on auto insurance. Or you can bundle those coverages together and have a chance to save money. You're getting competitive rates. A lot of times you do have the ability to save money over who you are currently dealing with, if you're not with Farm Bureau. And on top of that, you're dealing with a Mississippi-based company and local agents who know you, likely, who live in the community you live in. Maybe you see them at church. Maybe you see them at the ballpark. Maybe you see them at the grocery store. And people just like you, and they understand what you're going through, and they're people that will be there for you in the event that you need insurance. Yeah, you buy insurance not because you want to, but because you have to protect to protect you in bad times. You don't have to get on the phone and talk with somebody you've never heard of in your life before. If something bad happens, you want to pick up the phone and say, Jack, it's Richard. Blair, it's Richard. I need you to help me. I just had a wreck. Or, storm came through last night, I've got roof damage. And there's somebody there immediately, and they're taking care of your claim. That's why we encourage you to go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Um, Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Borky, you say it's public service announcement time?
2: Yeah, it's time for a public service announcement. Or we could go back to the upsets. Your call.
1: <coughs> we got time for upsets. St. Petersburg, Florida. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have issued a warning. It's very important. Don't, don't, do not kiss chickens. The CDC has linked salmonella cases to families raising poultry in their backyards. There were 235 cases reported in the last month, bringing the total number of reported cases to over a thousand in 49 states, including 16. In Florida, two-thirds of the people who got sick reported contact with chicks or ducklings. A quarter of those infected are children. All kinds of bad stuff comes from uh, salmonella. Most of it's stomach-related. You can use your imagination. Poultry owner, uh, owners are advised to wash their hands thoroughly after handling birds and to not, quote, kiss backyard poultry or snuggle them and then touch your face or mouth.
3: Rippy, you look like you have a deep thought as it pertains to this. Nope, was holding in a sneeze or a cough. Couldn't decide which one was coming. But, yeah, it seems like common sense. It does. I'm probably not kissing any live animals, but I guess that's not so common. I don't know. My brother got salmonella. From kissing a chicken? No, I don't know how. Actually, I don't want to speak Are,
2: are you him. sure that that's not how he got it? <clears throat> Pretty positive. It sounds like hey Dad might have that.
0: Salmonella? No, that that was Rippy that coughed. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. Ever since y'all made fun of me about the cough, and Rippy's dying.
3: He is struggling. It's been a rough week. Ever since I said I don't get sick, I've been feeling weird. Hey, Dad, do you raise chickens? No.
1: I've got a buddy that
2: does. I'm not even kidding.
1: It's not an uncommon thing. I know lots of people that have small chicken coops tired of paying too much for eggs and so they raise their own chickens and then you've got eggs and in the like organic world that we're living in yes well I'm not one of those people do you buy organic foods so that you can
0: avoid pesticides and whatnot no that's yeah. that's i feel like that's a sham and a, and, a, and a debacle yeah um
1: my wife's a big fan on the organic stuff
0: what well, does I didn't that mean do? Call your wife a sham, but I'm just saying.
1: No, I, I, it's just you know. I mean, I, I certainly don't subscribe to all the things that she does, but I also don't, don't argue with it. It's just like it's not worth arguing. That, if that, that's that's smart man right there. Well, I mean, what's, it's more of a. At the end of the day, if she's right,
3: then good for us, and if she's wrong, what difference does it
0: make? Yeah,
3: true. What were you going to say, Rippy? What is what? Like, what's the benefit of organic? Well,
1: the idea with organic stuff is that. It's not as mass-produced, and you don't have as much use of pesticides and chemicals in the raising of fruits, vegetables, animals, etc. I
3: feel like I've eaten worse. You have.
1: We all have. So why bother? And we didn't eat organic stuff growing up. But, well, I mean, there there are lots of studies out there that the use of chemicals is related to cancer and... Other things like that. There's a
2: reason our life expectancy continues to go up. You think it's because we're eating more organic food? Or just learning more about what we shouldn't be having?
1: Porky, it would not shock me if you one day decided to go down the road of raising chickens.
2: Just don't make out with them. (laughs) To be honest, I mean, think about this. If I told you that there's a a CDC warning issued in a certain state to not kiss your chickens because people are getting sick, what state would you have guessed?
1: Probably Montana to be honest.
2: Oh, well see Florida is always the first thing I think of. A Florida man. (laughs) Can't stop kissing his
1: chickens. (sighs) Sports Talk Mississippi with you. So the C D C says don't kiss your chickens. More coming up, the Renaissance Bank Studio. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, rolling into the four o'clock hour on this Thursday. Richard Cross, Michael Borke, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. About 15 minutes from right now, we'll be joined by Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. We'll take a look at the NFL action tonight and also look ahead to some games of interest this weekend. John Cox from the Southern Miss Radio Network will join us in the five o'clock hour. And uh, also, Mike Frazier from Juco Weekly. We'll uh, jump on toward the end of the show to talk about week two of the JUCO season. Um, Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. You can find them online at MSLandBank.com. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They have been financing and refinancing loans land loans for over 100 years, but it's not just land, it's equipment, it's um, production loans for farmers, whatever it is that you need to buy land or all that goes along with it. Mississippi Land Bank, mslandbank.com, where they know the lay of the land. A couple of things that are coming up we want to uh, let you know about. Georgia Blue, which is one of the fastest growing restaurant brands in the state of Mississippi, is opening a new location And they are inviting all military and first responders to be their very first guests. On Wednesday, September 11th, Georgia Blue is opening the doors on their new Madison location. Military and first responders will not only get to be the first guest, but also their meal, your meal, is at half price. If you'd like to attend, visit georgiabluenet slash 911 to RSVP. Tomorrow on In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, you will hear an interview with Ole Miss head basketball coach Kermit Davis. So uh, Steve Azar and Kermit Davis will visit tomorrow afternoon, 1-2 to on In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Gallo uh, tomorrow is at the Mississippi Horse Park in Starkville to promote the horse park's 20th anniversary celebration, along with their upcoming events, fun, and food, and prizes. Tomorrow morning on the Gallo Show, at the Mississippi Horse Park in Starkville. And you can join both the JT Show and us, all of us, at Sports Talk Mississippi for the 19th Annual University of Mississippi Banking and Finance Symposium in Oxford at the Convention Center. You'll hear from State Treasurer Lynn Fitch, Glenn McCullough, Executive Director of uh, MDA, Warren Stevens, who is the CEO of Stevens, Inc., and uh, more. Plus, uh, technology trends in the banking industry funding strategies, and a whole lot more. For more information on the uh, Ole Miss Banking and Finance Symposium, go to Missalumni.com. Let's go back to these games we were talking about earlier uh, on the is-there-a-chance-for-an-upset-this-weekend scale. The scale we were using was great chance, puncher's chance, so you're saying there's a chance and zero chance. We gave... Southern Miss, so you're saying there's a chance. Texas A&M, a puncher's chance. Cincinnati, somewhere between a puncher's chance, and eh, not likely at all. Army at Michigan. I feel very unpatriotic in saying this. But I'm giving Army zero chance. And yes, I know what happened in Oklahoma, and I know how good Army has been. But because... Army has been good. And because of what they did nearly winning and forcing overtime in Norman a year ago, Army fully has Michigan's attention. And I just don't think they can stay on the field. With Michigan. I'm not necessarily buying into Michigan and Shea Patterson and Jim Harbaugh and the whole thing. I'm just not buying into Army pulling the upset at the big house. Tell me I'm crazy.
2: You're not crazy. My heart wants them to win this game so bad it's not even funny. And like in the most Army way possible, where they get the ball on their own one, down six with 12 minutes left in the game, and they have a 25-play, 99-yard touchdown drive and kick the extra point with zero seconds on the clock. I want that to happen so bad. It's not going to,
0: though. Hey, Dad. So you're saying there's a chance. Okay. It, It exists. Look Again, look what they did to a better Oklahoma team last season. The, the, the way they run that offense, it doesn't matter that they have Michigan's attention. It, it can still cause a lot of problems for them.
2: The spread and, in this one's interesting. It's 20. And my line of thinking on that is Army, if, if they can have any success moving the football, they will hold the ball too long to where getting beat by three touchdowns may just be difficult. Kind of what like the, the Citadel did to Alabama last year. You remember how not mad Nick Saban was at halftime? It's because Citadel held onto the football the entire half. Alabama was, there was no threat in that game. It was a close game, but Saban even said, look, they're running that option. They're holding the ball. It's fine. That's what Army can do to Michigan take forever to run your plays and then get three and a half yards and get a few first downs, and suddenly the first quarter's
0: over. It's possible. There's, I'm what saying was the score
2: what was Michigan's score against Middle Tennessee last week 40 to 21 but Middle Tennessee scored a couple touchdowns late okay what about Purdue at Vanderbilt
1: I I'll I'll sit back I'll let uh Rippy, why don't you start here Vanderbilt wins okay so you're giving them a likely chance 100. as a touchdown underdog 100 percent okay.
0: Hey, Dad? Vanderbilt wins. Rippy? I mean, Borky? Vanderbilt wins again. Well, <laughs> <Thank you.
2: laughs> well. Now, now I don't feel popular, man. I may just need to go against the grain just because. But, yeah, I think wrong team favored here, and it's a touchdown spread. But, man, after what Purdue did with Nevada last week, or Nevada, as they correct people, there's bumper stickers and T-shirts that they sell. Like the University of Nevada that say it's Nevada, not Nevada, by the way. Um, But with the way those two teams looked last Saturday, you're telling me that, that Vanderbilt's eight and a half points worse than what you saw from Purdue? I'm not buying it.
1: I give Vanderbilt a great chance to win the game, but I am certainly not going in the Vanderbilt wins category. It's not doing it. Oh, Vanderbilt was competitive in the second half against Georgia. I think Georgia was not terribly interested after boom, 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 touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Their first three games of the year. Um, Purdue will not have as big a home field advantage in West Lafayette next weekend, or this on Saturday in two days. They will not have as big a home field advantage as Georgia had in Nashville. (laughs) <laughs> Last Saturday night,
2: Vanderbilt's ready for the hostile environment. They just played in one.
1: Yeah, no big deal. Uh, no, no big deal on that front uh, at all. Um, Tulane at Auburn,
0: no chance. Zero. Uh eh, I just don't see it happening. Could you see a massive
1: letdown in a scenario where a freshman quarterback makes some big mistakes? And Tulane's offense is able to have some success. See, the, the spread the,
3: is five points less than the Army
1: one. Yeah, the the thing that I come back to when I look at this
0: game <coughs> is Auburn's defensive line. That, that's what I was going to say. The for first half of your statement, yes, I could see them having a letdown, and you know, Bo Nix making some bad throws. But Army's, I'm sorry, Auburn's defense will carry them to victory in this.
1: Cal at Washington. I mean, it's not crazy for me to think that Cal, who's got a really good defense, really experienced secondary, could win in Seattle. I'm not predicting that Cal wins that game, especially after what we saw from them offensively against UC Davis. But you remember the conversation we had this summer, uh, the, the article outlining why perhaps Cal has the best secondary
2: in all of college football. Has Jacob Beeson Wash- played a difficult game yet in his career? It was pretty difficult the year they came to Oxford. Yeah. Oh they, yeah. Twenty. Uh, 20, 20 yeah. Fifteen. Forgive me. I forgot he was uh, the starter of that whole season. Was that
0: actually twenty I sixteen? Mean, it was twenty yeah, yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, my that, mistake. That was a good can, Ole Miss team, but yeah. Completely but completely yeah, I mean, yeah, forgot they, they, he started that year.
0: And he would have played with Auburn that year, and a couple other. He played Florida, so
2: he also wasn't good that year. Fifty five percent completions,
0: twenty four hundred yards, just sixteen poor touchdowns. Coordinating, just hand the ball to Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb, and he would have been just fine. That was that was not a um, that was not a precursor
1: of things to come under Kirby Smart. That was no. he needed a year to get the roster the way he wanted
3: it. It only took a year. Cal beat Washington last year, and two years ago, never mind. Beat them last year in Berkeley.
1: Got to go to Seattle this year, and an important game for Washington. I would not think that this is one where Washington is is looking ahead. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. we got more coming up. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joins us next. Sports Talk Mississippi, Thursday afternoon, 420. That means it is time for our weekly chat with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Lee, first of all, certainly glad that uh, you and your family and friends and all the folks in uh, in Florida were spared a, uh, a direct hit. I know a week ago today it didn't look great with Dorian approaching, but uh, has turned out to uh, not be nearly as bad for the mainland, the United States, is, uh, as we thought it could be. Certainly awful, awful for the folks in the Bahamas, but... Uh, we were we're spared this go around.
5: Yeah, thank you. I know people, you know, in your region have, have been through a lot too in the past and in New Orleans, but uh, you got to feel for these people. I mean, seeing the destruction and hearing some of the stories, I mean, there's just no words.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that front, and sometimes it makes some of what we talk about seem fairly trivial. But True. sports is important. Even when and I it's I lost an five well.
5: games in the last last two or three minutes of the game last week, so um, one one of those weeks where I, I you know I have one week like that every single year, but it's usually not the first week of the season.
1: You'd like to jump out to a good start and then kind of right. uh, weather that later, right?
5: Right. <laughs> so, and, and I think I was on the right side of a lot of games. You know, I had, uh, of course, you know, I had, I had games that, uh, you know, people, you know, that show after the the Monday night game each week, the bad beats. Of course, you know, I had uh, the Northwestern game. I had the Ole Miss game. They're getting four. You know, the safety hurt them, and the list goes on and on. But that's uh, that's why they call Were it games. you in Oregon as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep.
2: That's how it goes and, some and
1: of the time, right? Rio,
5: they lost their quarterback, too.
1: <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> well, let's hope for a uh, yep. a better week, too, in college football. Let's start with uh, the game that's happening in Oxford yep. on Saturday night. Ole Miss, a, a favorite at home against Arkansas. What do you think?
5: Well, if it's anything like the last four games, I mean, <laughs> you don't even want to go to the bathroom or get popcorn. You want to get settled in and just leave. Uh, your seat when, when it's halftime. I, I expect Arkansas quarterback Ben Hicks to be much better in game two. Uh They have a young receiving unit. I think they'll start, you know, developing some cohesion. Last year, Hicks at SMU had 19 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. So I expect them to be more competitive. The Ole Miss running game, just 80 yards on 33 attempts versus Memphis. Uh That concerns me here. And, yeah, I just – they didn't seem to be on the same page, Rodriguez uh, – uh, with his quarterback and the play calling. Mike McIntyre, I thought he did a good job with the defense well enough to win the game. I have Ole Miss winning this game 27-24, but I'm going to take the six and a half, seven points here in
1: Arkansas. Okay, so take Arkansas to cover, yep. but Ole Miss to win in the uh, in the game, Arkansas getting 65 lo-
5: Lower scoring than the last four games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no question. And last year, if Arkansas doesn't have guys get banged up, that one may end up uh, differently than it uh, than it turned out right. when it was all said and done. Um, Mississippi State, big favorite at home, did not cover last week against uh, against Louisiana down in the dome. Um, Southern Miss coming in, they uh, beat Alcorn State thirty-eight to ten to open the season. First home game for Mississippi State. How do you feel about uh, the the Bulldogs and the Golden Eagles? I
5: think this Mississippi State team is going to be a team that is a work in progress. We're going to see gains, but uh, they probably should have won by more last week. They were plus three in turnover margin versus Louisiana Lafayette, and, and still didn't cover. Southern Miss, don't, they just don't have much of a running game. They just don't have a great line. They don't have a guy that's a breakaway running back. But they do have a high-percentage ball-control passing game and a decent defense, and people don't really, when they study games, they forget about the special teams. They have really good return teams, so they might bust one. Maybe not for a touchdown, for a long gainer. Keeps them in the game. Abraham, the guy just completes passes, 73% completion percentage the last one and a half years. I have State winning the game 33-20, but I'll take the 16-and-a-half here in Southern Miss.
1: So, So two weeks in a row with Mississippi State, you pick them to win but not cover. You don't like the big right. numbers with this Mississippi State team early in the year. Yep. Fair enough. Um, Tell me I'm crazy for really liking Texas A&M plus 17.5.
5: I think you're nuts.
1: (laughs) Okay. Tell me why.
5: Uh, I I, I think it's a tough game. I would never give this game to my clients. But my read on the game is I think last year Jimbo knew – A lot more about Clemson than Clemson knew about the Aggie personnel. So when you know a team inside and out, you know how to attack them. And also, Dabo was still juggling quarterbacks in that game. This year, I just think the Texas A&M should have kept their mouth shut, go in there and just play hard. You don't want to rouse these kids. They have the best quarterback in the country. If people think that the Dolphins are going to tank this year, wait till next year when four or five teams tank to get Lawrence. He's got... Arguably the best running back. I think the best two receivers in the country in T. Higgins and Justin Ross. I think that's a mismatch. A&M has two new cornerbacks. Uh, they would only had one, but they got one guy suspended for this game. And I just can't see Kellen Mond throwing for 430 again here. And I think A&M also by facing Texas State, that my alma mater, that really is nothing. They had two quarterbacks. I was thinking about coming out of retirement to play in that game. I like Clemson. <laughs> they won by three touchdowns, 45-24.
1: Forty-five twenty-four, Clemson over Texas A and M, um, going to be a great matchup in Austin yep. o- on Saturday night with LSU, whose offense looked different. Uh, I-, I know yep. that it was against Georgia Southern, but it looked different. It looked like what we've. It feels like most years been told it's going to look like Joe Brady mm-hmm. NFL influence in the passing game. They're headed to Austin, and Tom Herman, pretty good big game coach. He is. How about this? Two
5: conflicting trends, Herman. As an underdog, he's thirteen and two with Houston and Texas. Wow! I don't know what he does to prepare his teams, uh, but he's like Fitzgerald from from Northwestern. They just do something special. They have the kids ready to go. As a big favorite, not so good. But you look at the top tier teams in the SEC, and I'm talking about the Alabama, the Georgia, the LSU, and the Auburns. The last four or five years, they've just dominated these non-conference games against. other conference teams, you know, like in the Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10, and ACC. So those that kind of, you know, cross out each other. LSU, I don't know what Georgia Southern was playing. Well, I think their defensive plan was to try to force them to throw the football. They were lining eight, nine guys in the box, and LSU took advantage of them. Give them credit. I think they're going to score some here. But here's the guy I think that's the difference maker in the game. and He might be the one guy – who can play without running backs, and Texas is down to just one one guy scholarship running back, their starter, but every other, the next five guys are done for this game. Sam Erlinger, he reminds me of Tim Tebow. I don't think he's going to be much of an NFL quarterback, but if they're down by four, five, six, seven points with two minutes to go in the game, I'm he's not betting against it. this guy. I think Texas yeah. wins the game outright 28-27.
1: Really? Yep. Huh. If we get a 28 27 out of that game, we all got a treat on Saturday night.
5: Well, we'll have the Lee Sterling hour, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You tell me that Auburn and Tulane is your game of the week. You're going to have to tell me why.
5: Well, Tulane probably played their best game in the last decade. Auburn, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do now. You know, that was a big game. They lose that game, and, and that, the wheels could have fallen off. <laughs> not not like uh, Tennessee, but, you know, they they had some tough games coming up. So they do have just Kent, but then the week after they've got Texas A&M. So uh, they need to stay and keep rolling. You want to find out if they stay on this roll to, or does Tulane, can they back it up and have two back-to-back great games? Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free. Uh, A lot of free stuff on the website. Let's say you want to check out another big game that I'm breaking down and predicting. And there's some big ones around the country Ohio State Cincy, Nebraska Colorado, USC Stanford, Miami North Carolina. They're all on the website. You can check them out, ParamountSports.com. And my first 40 to 50 unit play of the year goes this Saturday. I think I've spotted a mismatch where the line's off two or three touchdowns. You want to get the game, just go to the website, ParamountSports.com.
1: Give me a lean on the NFL season opener tonight with uh, with Chicago and Green Bay.
5: Well, history will tell you that the Green Bay's the the play here. I think it's a tight game. You know, I, I think you either try Green Bay money line, and they're now getting three and a half points, and you can get them. You know, like plus one fifty five, plus one sixty. Um, I think that's probably the right call. But I, I didn't put the game out for my clients. I think it's one of those games sometimes if you don't have a strong conviction just watch the game and and take notes and and use it for future reference but if i was to play the game i'd play green bay just on the money line plus 160.
1: website is paramountsports.com you've got a whole much more than just picks there a lot of game breakdowns from a a guy that played at the college level and studies it as much as anybody in the country lee wish you luck know you're ready to get on a little bit of a win streak right now and uh, look forward to talking to you next thursday
5: thanks hopefully no more bad beats i got that all out of the system in one week all right
1: there you go there you go lee sterling from paramount sports and paramountsports.com bad beats part of it right if you play the games you're gonna have some bad beats along the way
3: northwestern's become a tradition (laughs) it's kind of like augusta A tradition unlike any other. I mean, they had the one that's on SVP's montage the same way. Yeah. Um, So that was Lee Starling on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out
1: favorites.com and go with the home team. Let's make some picks in the NFL. Let's go some division winners and some Super Bowl matchups when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you and the Renaissance Bank Studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Keith, my apologies. We ran out of time uh, with um, Lee Sterling. I intended to ask him about the Saints-Texans Monday night game, and uh, we just ran out of time. So uh, my apologies there.
3: Texans, you're welcome. Yeah? I don't even know the number. But the Saints have stunk in week one the last couple of years. They got beat by Magic. Breeze fell off a cliff last year. I think the Saints will be okay, but I kind of like it week one. Texans got some momentum. Yeah, it's been that
2: way the last, what, three years now. They've gotten off to slow starts and then gotten yeah. much better in the middle of the season. Um, so I, I might even – I know that's going to get mad at me. I'm a lean Texans myself.
3: Keith, if that's wrong, don't bring it up on Monday. <laughs> I'm surprised, Borky, that you and Hayden didn't have
1: a little uh, uprising there against Rippy right out of the gate. I oh, wouldn't no. say the
3: Saints are going to be terrible, but they got they have gotten off to bad starts. Remember a lot, two years it, ago? What about the Monday thing, Night
1: Magic? What? The Monday Night Magic. The Dome on a Monday night to start the year? Come on. That is going to be why. I don't care if it's wild. the Dome
3: on a Tuesday. I, they still so if it good. was the Dome
1: on a Tuesday, there wouldn't be any Monday Night Magic.
3: I don't. I guess I don't believe. Don't subscribe to that theory. Okay. Is that Plato? Socrates. Okay. Jeez.
1: You don't give anything to a legit home field advantage.
3: They have a home field advantage, but in games, it, it I think it shows up in particularly in games that like really matter. Saints okay. Louis, this they're fine.
1: Um, let's make some picks for the uh, the NFL season. It begins tonight. NFC East. Uh, Considering that Dallas got the Ezekiel Elliott thing worked out, they made a big commitment on the offensive line, I have trouble picking anybody other than the Cowboys. As much as I would love to pick my New York Giants, I'll not, (laughs) because I think that's a really bad play. Um, Philadelphia certainly could challenge in the division, assuming Carson Wentz stays healthy. The Redskins are just kind of going to be the Redskins, I think. Uh, Not there with Dwayne Haskins yet. Uh, For me, it's pretty clear-cut with Dallas in the East.
2: Yeah, a lot of people Uh, love Philly in that division, but let's see Carson Wentz make it through an entire season without getting injured first. That's fair. So, Borky, you've got the Cowboys? Yeah, I've got the Cowboys in that division.
3: Rippy? Winning the division?
2: Yes. Oh, Eagles. Okay. And, hey, Dad, hit the Cowboys.
3: Okay.
1: NFC North. I have chosen the Chicago Bears.
3: Green Bay, and don't sleep on the Lions. I don't think they'll win the divisions, but I think the Lions can make a wild card this year. What, what makes you think that about Green uh, about Detroit? Uh, Matt Stafford, established quarterback. Matt Petition. but he's been an established. Defense. He's been an established quarterback for four years now. He also hasn't been the problem. Well, that's true. So that's you true. you've
0: got the Bears out then, if you're saying that the Packers win the division and you got the Lions possibly challenging for a wild
3: card. I do. I think Trubisky maybe ends up okay, but I think he's limited, and I think after a pretty good year, that probably ends up showing more than maybe it did a year ago. Are you convinced that
1: the Packers are staying healthy and their defense is going to be better? Yeah. Okay, it's a bad choice, but if that's the choice you want to make, that's on you. <laughs> Remember all the grief I was getting when
3: the Nationals were bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Are they went in. The, are they winning the division or no? They're not. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't think so. Um.
0: Hey, Dad, who you got in the North? The Bears. I think that I think Trubisky is a, a pretty solid quarterback. I don't know that he'll you know, he'll ever live down to being over to Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson will be better than him, but I think he's pretty solid. Borky? It's a prove-it
2: year for Trubisky, but I, I kind of side with Rippy. Not so much on the Lions, but more on Green Bay, and I think they'll show you tonight why.
3: You think Rodgers has two disastrous years in a row? He's too talented
2: for that to happen.
3: I agree, and I think he actually doesn't hate this coach. It's
2: a good step in the right direction, I think.
3: That is. That can be important.
2: NFC South.
3: Who that? Jameis Winston. Ha! I'll actually go uh, Atlanta. You think it's a bounce back year for the Falcons? I do. And I think, honestly, I don't. This division confuses me because if you look at the Panthers' schedule, they could pretty easily win 11 games. It's fairly manageable, obviously, outside their divisional opponents. But I don't necessarily trust Cam. I think the Saints will be okay, but I think the Saints are probably a wild card team this year. That's the limb I'm going out on. Okay.
1: I'm I'm going one last raw for Drew Brees and the Saints, but I don't disagree with what you're saying about Atlanta. I
3: think Atlanta fully healthy could be pretty good, because Matt Ryan actually had a really good year last year. They were just so decimated defensively by injuries, they didn't really stand a chance. I'm not doing it to, like, prod Borky or Haydad. Oh, no. I think oh, the Saints man? have a chance will be pretty good, but I actually kind of like the Falcons.
2: You're not going to prod me by picking against my team, man. No, I, I'm
3: with you. I know. You. All I have to do is bring up the NFC Championship game to get the prod going. Oh, my
0: God.
2: Um, but no, I'm Borky with you. good and mad at you about that last
1: week. Well, <laughs> because oh, it was completely
2: unrelated to <laughs> my the... point. That's not what I was trying to do. I was actually trying to say that it it made me feel better about that, and I was getting patronized by it. It was unbelievable. But yeah, Borky went down the "don't be that guy" road.
3: It wasn't as mad as I got both of them the week after it happened because I just kept repeating overtime interception, no fu-, knowing <sighs> full and well they got screwed.
2: Yeah. Um, And his arm got hit, so he didn't really throw the interception. It was more they, they gave up a pressure that led to it. But anyway, no, I'm with you. I think this could be the tightest division in football. Because I think the Panthers are going to be a lot better.
1: Technically, when the ball goes into the air out of the quarterback's hand and the other team comes down with it, it is an interception. It it
2: is, but there is fault in interceptions, and some can be on the receiver for letting a Yeah,
1: I'm I'm Um, just
2: poking the bear. Who have you got in the division? Well, the Saints, naturally, because I have to. But this could be the tightest division race maybe in football because I think the Panthers are going to be a lot better and Cam Newton's healthy, and I know it's practice videos, but... You remember the end of last year. He couldn't throw the football. He was in so much pain. He looks healthy, and I think Atlanta's going to be a lot better. Matt Ryan was great, as you said, last year. Second in the NFL in passing yards, just nobody noticed it because they couldn't stop anybody. That division could be really, really good, really close, but the Saints because, of course.
3: They had three playoff teams two years ago.
1: Out of the NFC South?
3: Yeah, they had both wild cards and the division, if you'll remember that, because... Uh, Carolina played New Orleans in the first round, and I believe the Falcons went to L.A. and knocked out the Rams. Yeah.
1: Um. For the record, the Falcons are my second wild card team in the uh, the NFC. My my other wild card team is Seattle. I think. Uh, uh, hey, Dad, you're on Saints train, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um. I've got the Rams winning the West with Seattle as a wild card out of the West, also, and then the Falcons are the other wild card team. Who'd, I guess quickly, maybe, who do you guys have in the NFC West? Rams, and then I agree with you,
0: the Seahawks will probably be the wild card.
3: Rams, but wouldn't shock me if Seattle uh, snuck up and won that division. If there's any sort of Super Bowl hangover at all.
2: Clowney changes some things for that defense. It's going to be L.A., but not a walkthrough like it was for them a year ago. Would you be shocked if the
1: Niners
3: ended up with a wild card spot? Yes. Oh, wild card? No. That wouldn't surprise you? I'd be surprised, not shocked. Okay. I would be shocked.
2: People love everything they've got going there. Like I said yesterday,
0: you know, to jump up to 8-8 eight and eight before I start talking about the playoffs.
3: Playoffs? Playoffs. It's hard to tell, though, because he was undefeated as a starter and then tore his ACL in week 2 or 3 last year.
2: Yeah.
1: AFC side of things... Are we all on board with the Patriots winning the East?
3: Of course we are. I think I'm bullish on the Bills. Are you? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> <This is> Seriously. <laughs> uh, what do you do with the AFC North? I actually think this is a fairly
0: competitive division.
1: I'm picking the Steelers to win the North, but then I've got Cleveland as a wild card
0: team. S- exact same thing. Yep. Yeah, that's I- uh, that's about right. You could end up in a scenario like Borky was just talking about, where three teams get there. The Ravens could get, be the other wild card, but the Steelers will probably win the division. So you're sold on Lamar Jackson. I don't know that I'm sold on him so much, but the Ravens are just one of those teams that, that they're an organization that knows how to win. So I won't be completely surprised if they do.
1: I've got the Texans winning the AFC South and the Jaguars getting the second wild card spot in the AFC.
3: I'm higher on the Jaguars than most. I think the Texans will win the division. But if there's ever a year, if you talk about what Borky called a prove-it year, Marcus Mariota and the Titans, if there's ever a year... You just had a generationally talented quarterback just up and retire because he is in so much pain. Like, If you're not going to win the division this year, then I don't know what you do going forward with the quarterback. So, Texans, but Titans on the hot seat. Okay.
2: I was talking to Steven from News Mississippi earlier, and tell me if you agree with this, Rippy. I said if if, uh, the Titans miss the playoffs this year, they will move Mariota and draft a quarterback.
3: I would agree with that, and then Tannehill's the starter as they bring the guy along slowly if yep. they keep him. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, because at a certain point, I don't know what you do. Uh, Titans are the weirdest franchise in the NFL. People forget they're a team half the time, and two years ago they won a playoff game and fired their coach. Nobody does that.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: Borky, who do you have in the South? Houston? Yeah, I'll take Houston, and I still think the Colts are going to finish second in the division. Really? Really? It's a roster that was built to win. Andrew Luck, no Andrew Luck. It's still good enough to finish second in that division get a wild card spot.
1: Are we all picking Kansas City to win the AFC West?
3: Chargers. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Okay. I think they they were they put pushed them to the brink last year after a slow start.
1: I think if the, if the Jaguars don't get the second wild card spot, then the Chargers do. I'd That's have fair.
3: Chargers as first.
1: That's fair.
0: I'm uh, I'm good with that. Uh hey dad, AFC West Chiefs. I think the Chargers will get the wild card over the Ravens what I was just talking about but I would say Chargers Ravens and then uh uh Titans will be running my third one or maybe Jaguars well, I don't know.
1: We'll give you AFC and NFC champs and a Super Bowl winner when we come back at the Renaissance Bank Studio.
4: Force
1: hey, Talk me Mississippi stand with fire. you on this Thursday afternoon, rolling into a uh, another college football weekend, an NFL game tonight with the Bears and the Packers. So we went through, we picked divisions, division winners, we picked wild card teams.
0: He got in the Super Bowl. Hey, Dan, I'm going with you first. Who's in the Super Bowl at the end of this season? I think we're finally going to get the matchup that, if nobody else has wanted to see it, I have. And that's Saints Patriots, Breeze versus Brady, with the Saints getting going out on top. So you just decided to go full-on homer pick. I mean, aren't the Saints like the second most favorite team? It's not like I'm a a Broncos fan and I went there.
1: That's fair. I understand that. So you've got the Saints beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's that's what I'm calling it, yeah. Borky, give me a Super Bowl matchup.
2: Know the NFL is usually praised for its parity, but I think we'll kind of have a boring playoff situation. I think it's going to be L.A. again and the Kansas City Chiefs this time in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs will win. Boo. Mahomes and the Chiefs beating Goff and the Rams. Is there, the There's just not a better roster in the NFC than what L.A.'s got. Okay. Got elite players everywhere. And a quarterback that distributes the football well. And a coach that Gets people jobs by handshakes, basically.
0: Rippy. Tension is palpable.
3: I have a couple of ones that are kind of out there, but I think are more realistic than you think. Packers, Chargers. <laughs> okay. But I'll probably... That's a little out there. I'll probably end up going Seattle-Kansas City.
1: I don't hate that.
3: The first one was my out there one, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, I I can tell.
2: I um, don't hate that Chargers pick, though, especially if they get their running back back somehow.
3: I just, if there's a like, fanboy inside of me, I don't even like Philip Rivers that much, but a guy to play in the NFL that long and never make a Super Bowl is just the amount of like scar tissue. And I don't mean that as a joke, because I know he d- played you- that one AFC title game on a torn ACL. But You just want to see him wear the bolo tie, right? No, I want to see his 15 kids parade on the field as he's holding the Lombardi trophy, and it's like a small herd. Do
1: you think all of them would wear the uh, ear protection?
3: I don't know, but... There's enough of them to clean up the confetti by themselves. <laughs> I, I want him to get to a Super Bowl. Tell me
1: not to do this. Tell me not to pick Dallas to go to the Super Bowl.
0: Ooh.
2: This is going to make people mad they don't have the quarterback play to do it.
1: Well, uh, Borky, that's what's holding me up. I, if people get mad, whatever, I don't care. That's the one holdup for me. I I'm not sure... I don't think Dak is a Super Bowl quarterback.
3: I could be wrong. But at the same time, Trenton Dilfer won a Super Bowl. And no, I'm not equating Dak Prescott to Trenton Dilfer before people soil themselves.
2: This will be his best shot to do it. It's too too late. I'm soiled.
3: If he has all the other pieces in place, I think he. Could, I don't think it's unrealistic at all that Dak Prescott could get to the Super Bowl with the offensive line that he has, the running back that he has, and the defense that he has if they stay healthy. And I'm not saying they'll get there in spite of him, but he needs help, and I think he has the help. So I don't I, think that's unreasonable at all. I, I, I think I'm going Cowboys-Chiefs for my Super Bowl Ooh. matchup.
2: That would be the most-watched Super Bowl in 15 years.
3: It, I don't know. Cowboys-Pats might take the cake.
0: Yeah, Cowboys Patriots would be the, the most watched one.
2: Well, I but if that, if his prediction happened, that would then be the most watched Super Bowl in 15 years.
1: Would people love or hate Cowboys Patriots?
2: Hate it. Absolutely. They, hate but it. they
0: would hate watch it. Absolutely. They would hate watch it. I would really enjoy it. That would be awesome.
3: I am How tired good of would New the England, uniform but...
0: matchup
1: be if you had Cowboys Chiefs in the Super Bowl? It's good. That's
3: real good. Why would people hate that? Just because it's Brady and the Patriots again? People and hate people Tom Brady like Cowboys, And they hate the Cowboys. Yeah,
0: those are the two most loved and hated teams in the NFL.
3: By the way, with my quote-unquote out-there odds, that's the fourth best odds to win the AFC versus the third best odds to win the NFC. So
1: so not insane? No. What are the Cowboys' odds to win the NFC?
3: Uh, For whatever this place is I have pulled up, it is plus 1,000. It's right in the middle of the pack. Okay. I mean, that feels like a little bit of a flyer, but whatever. Giants are plus 5,000.
1: That would be more of a flyer. Let's see if the Giants can even beat the Cowboys in the season opener.
3: Eagles are minus 200 to win that division with the Cowboys at plus 25. That's a heavy favorite to win a division.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi, two hours in the books, college football fix next with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Tea. John Cox joins us right now from the Southern Miss uh, radio network. He is the radio play-by-play voice and uh, I think is at Southern Miss' practice. John, appreciate a few minutes of your time. Is it is it warm in Hattiesburg like it is in North Mississippi?
6: I think I, I checked the uh, the thermometer a few minutes ago. I think it was 97 here on that. So it's, it's a little warm, but... Uh, I don't know. Feels pretty good. Beats, beats the alternative. I'd rather be that than uh, forty-one
1: tonight. Yeah, I uh, I guess you're right. What was your takeaway from the uh, from the opener? Obviously, a win. Uh, a couple of really big special teams plays. Uh, what did you think in game one? The uh, the win against Allcorn State.
6: Ah,
4: uh, you know, you
6: know, it, it's it's you're, it's always interesting to watch the first one. You know, because during preseason camp, no matter who it is anymore, it's it's it's. To me, it's kind of hard to get a feel because there's not a lot of hitting that goes on much anymore. And So it's interesting when that first game comes around. And uh, I think it probably unfolded sort of the way I I thought it would. The defense, I thought, was uh, pretty good, made a lot of big plays. But, you know, that's to be expected. There's a lot of veteran guys on that defense. They didn't lose a lot of guys from last year. So you expected the defense to be pretty good. There were some, uh, I thought, uh, the wide receivers – uh that i think are i think we're pretty deep there you know it's probably seven eight nine guys that can uh play a lot of uh, football for us out there and i thought they played pretty good uh, special teams i think last year was an area where the golden eagles uh, i don't know if struggled the right word but they probably didn't get as many big plays out of the special teams that that they needed or wanted last year but they kind of fixed that pretty quick when uh David adams took the Opening kick off of the ball game back for a touchdown. Just the first guy to do that, by the way, at Southern Miss since Bubba Phillips did it back in 1947, and uh, and later brought a punt back for a touchdown. So I think I think uh, it, it probably developed kind of the way I thought it would. Uh, I think the offense, the guys that tell you there, they want to get better and be a little more consistent maybe than they were uh, last Saturday against Alcorn. But I think the defense was what we thought it would be, and I think special teams shows that. The, they've got a chance to make a difference
1: this year you talked a second ago about depth at receiver Jordan Mitchell with seven catches had a really nice game 133 yards Quez Watkins though not in the mix for these first two what does his return assuming he comes back next week for for week three what does that do to that receiving core given the depth you were talking about
6: well, it obviously it adds to it. Plus you get a guy who has been that big play receiver for you the, uh, you know, the first couple of years of his career. And, uh, but I think probably maybe it helps a little bit. Uh, you know, some other guys have had to step up, but I think when you get Quez back then, it just adds, uh, to the targets that Jack Abrahams, uh, you know, has the to throw to you. You know, Jack last year was the most accurate as far as completion percentage in the country and, uh, You know, when he's got uh, choices like Quez Watkins and Jalen Adams out there and Jordan Mitchell and Neil McLaurin uh, or guys like that, man, that gives him a lot of folks to go to. So when you throw Quez back in the mix, uh, a guy that's already proven he's an all-conference type performer, I think that just maybe gives that offense a little more confidence.
1: Ninety-six yards net rushing against Alcorn State. I know that's one area where you would look and go, mm, you really would like to see that number better. How much does Stravinsky Mosley being out hurt the running game, and do you see room for improvement? Is there an opportunity for growth, or is that going to be an area of concern going forward for Southern Miss? No, I
6: think it's kind of a combination. To be honest with you, I think I mean obviously losing the guy like Stravinsky, uh, you know, hurts you. But you know, Big Steve Anderson is very capable. Uh, we saw the true freshman uh, from Flowood, D. Baker, play last week, and you know he's back there. I think on kickoff returns and also uh, as, as a running back. Uh, so he, he's he's going to make uh, get better and better. Uh, then they got a guy named Kevin Perkins who's going to step in there and probably play a lot this weekend. So and then you know I think it, it's kind of a combination of things. There were some uh, changes up in the offensive line, and and some of those guys were probably playing considerable minutes for the first time or or maybe playing another position and you know you had some guys that running back that didn't have a lot of carries under the belt so I think kind of a combination but I think they'll be uh, I think they'll be better this week I know that's they put a lot of emphasis on that I think to try to get better at running the football uh, this week to kind of be able to change things up a little bit so I, I think I feel pretty confident that they'll they'll continue to get better in that department and then hopefully uh, Travinski will be back shortly and he'll be back to doing what
1: he can do. John Cox, the radio play-by-play voice of Southern Miss Athletics on your radio right now on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Price of Poker obviously goes up in uh, in Week 2 on the road in Starkville against a Mississippi State team that beat Louisiana in the season opener. If you've got to paint a picture of uh, the way John Southern Miss has the most success on Saturday... What does that look like? Well,
6: I, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I probably would have to say, obviously the defense has got to be, uh, you know, play well. Uh, I think Mississippi state has got some talented guys all over that field offensively. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta find a way to at least keep them under control. But, you know, state's got that defense and, you know, they, uh, well, that, that was the defense. what well, I guess that led the country last year. And, uh, you know, they got some talented guys there. So I think probably maybe the key, offensively, the Golden Eagles have got to find a way to, to maybe move the ball uh, consistently. I think they've got to take care of the, the football, you know, no matter who you play, particularly a really good team like State, you don't want to give them uh, more opportunities with the football than you have to. So you got to take care of the football. But but you probably touched on it, too. They've got to be able to run the ball uh, effectively. Uh, you know, they've got to find some guys that can uh, take a little pressure off of Abraham by running the football effectively, but uh, I'm anxious to get up there and watch it. You know, uh you know, I I I've been around a long time, and you know, Southern Miss and Mississippi State had that stretch for I don't know 15 or 16 years where we played every year, and some of the best games I've ever been a part of were some matchups between Southern Miss and, and Mississippi State. So I think it's going to be exciting and a lot of fun to be up there in Starkville on Saturday afternoon in front of a. Full house, and uh, you know, see that uh, that rivalry kind of be rekindled. It's going to be a lot of fun up there, I think, on Saturday.
1: John, when you when you look at a final stat book, sometimes if if you just look at numbers, it doesn't always tell the story. And I'm thinking about the fact that there's a kickoff return and a punt return, both for touchdowns that eliminate offensive possessions for Southern Miss. But even with that said, were you surprised with the number of plays? Fifty nine total plays in, in that game, or I guess if you add two more drives in, is that number more what you expect it to be?
6: Yeah, you know, I I don't really know how many they'd like to have. I mean, obviously the you know, the goal is to get it in the end zone any way that you can. But, uh, yeah, Absolutely. you know, you, you'd like to think if you take away those two drives there, you're talking at, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 more plays. They'd get you up in the 70s. So uh, I don't know that they look at it. Uh, that way. But, uh, again, I think the, I think, uh, Buster Faulkner, the offensive coordinator, would like to be able to put together, you know, a few more lengthy drives and, uh, you know, try to move that football down the field. I, I, like to think that we've got some playmakers that can make some things happen there, but, uh, you gotta, you gotta get things going. So, no, I don't think I'd put a whole lot of, uh, you know, whatever into that number of plays. I just think that, you know, the two, Returns the kickoff return, the punt return probably took away to uh, what would have been pretty good possessions by the Gold Eagles.
1: You talked about seeing John a bunch of, of really good games in this series and that that stretch where the two teams played each other every year. Is there a favorite game that you've got between Southern Miss and Mississippi State? Yeah,
6: there's probably two of them. you know, One I always think back on was the, the 1986 matchup up there in the the stadium in Jackson. Uh, Mississippi State had pinned Southern Miss back at their own. Two-yard line with uh, I don't know three or four minutes to go in the game, and you know Southern Miss was able to put together what was uh, what we call the drive, where they went 98 yards for to get the winning touchdown with less than a minute to go. Shelton Gandy scored that uh, the winning touchdown. I always remember that, and then I remember that seven six game. I guess that was 81, 7-6 game up there. Where uh, man, that was you talked. There were some pro players on the field that day, and somehow the Golden Eagles early in the game were able to recover a a fumbled punt, I think it was, and and get their only touchdown of the ball game. And then the defense was able to to make that hold up. But then I also remember the the disappointing ones. You know, Favre, Brett Favre's two times to play against State in 89 and 90, 89 here at uh, the Rock at Roberts Stadium. And Mississippi State walked out of here with a win. And then 90, the Eagles went back up to Starkville and uh, lost another close one. So i think every one of them has uh, got uh, great memories and uh, on both sides, on both schools, and uh, I just hope this one uh, is another one we'll be talking like that about that when it's all over on Saturday.
1: Well, I know we all hope so. It's going to be a great scene in Starkville on Saturday afternoon and plenty warm there as well. John, thanks as always for your time. Richard,
6: appreciate it. Good to see you and good to talk to you.
1: That's John Cox from the Southern Miss Radio Network. Oh, uh. Why are you laughing at me, Rippy?
3: You know exactly why I'm laughing. <laughs>
1: what did you do? So, I'm sorry. What, hey, Dad? What, what did you do?
3: <laughs> it's nothing, I didn't do it's, anything. I, I wish I'd done more.
1: The um, the search for a chancellor for the University of Mississippi is an ongoing oh, oh, process.
0: I've been, I've been getting updates on this,
2: and. You've been getting updates on that.
0: Yes. The, um, From who? It is wise to know the ways of one's enemy. Not a
3: cult. Totally not a cult. Why does it have to
1: be an enemy thing? Continue. <laughs> I got a listening session going on. It's been going on for most of the day for a bunch of different university community constituencies. And... Uh, the last of the day began about three o'clock, and they have uh, allowed alumni to speak. Some who have uh, spoken eloquently, and
3: some who have. <laughs> Full disclosure: We just had vomited a, 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 into the microphone. We just had an, it. It appeared to be an older man calling a young lady a AOC wannabe when discussing climate change at this listening session. So these sound <laughs> super productive.
2: It's almost as if you have an open mic thing some crazies come out and just want to hear themselves talk to people.
1: No, but it's not just yeah. that. I mean there there are God. there are some extremely well-intentioned people who took this very seriously and took this as their opportunity to say, look, this is the stuff that that I believe is important. I I can't imagine to be perfectly honest being a member of the IHL and sitting through Give or take eight and a half hours of opinions about how you should be handling the process to
3: hire a Chancellor today.
2: I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen. Uh, I mean I, I think. I'll say it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen.
3: Hold this is absurd. Uh, you tra- There's a
2: 39-person search committee!
3: To find someone to refer to the committee that approves the hiring. If you couldn't come up with a more inefficient way to do things, if you tried. If someone said, make the most complicated possible way of doing things, nobody, if you sat in a room with a group of people and said, we're going to make this as complicated as possible, they couldn't mess it up this badly. It's absurd. It's insanity.
1: There are 30... Nine people on a search committee to try and find a new chancellor, and some How of them
0: are younger the than me.
3: Can not legally drink? How worthless it's was the 40th guy?
0: There was somebody like we're going to do 40, and they went over the list like, ah, this last guy—he is not. No, that's not going to work. We're just going Maybe. to have to go with 39. Was no, Rippy considered? No, no,
1: but it, but it's it, when you go through when you have an entity that is bureaucratic by nature and a process that is bureaucratic by nature why not create one more bureaucracy which is what a 39 person search committee is to just add to the layers
3: it it's it's utter insanity i, I mean it, it what is the what is the logic in fi- you but, getting together 39 people. I wonder if it was 40 and one guy was like, "This is madness. I'm out of here." See. Ya. So you're,
0: but you're you're giving that guy credit. I'm saying that guy was so bad they just they, they asked him and they just went with 39.
3: You have 39 people to find one single candidate to refer to another committee. Does anybody in a room Who ever then sit conducts... there and be like, "Hey, hey, why? Why? Why why do it that way?" Hey,
1: I'll be honest. It, it, here's what feels like it's happening. It feels to me like, there is a quote-unquote process in place that gives you can't help plausible that. deniability for we went through the process in the event that whoever the ultimate selection for the next chancellor is, is the same abject disaster that Jeffrey Vitter was. Oh,
0: God. That's what I it feels it- like. I think they had gone, you know, a 50-man committee. Both of you guys would be on it. I, why time, would I be on one? it? Hey, Dad, help, hey, me remember, help, help me remember something.
1: Sure. When Mark Keenum was hired to be the president at Mississippi State. Yeah. As I remember it, there may have been multiple candidates but I remember him being identified as the person that Mississippi State wanted, and who wanted to be the chancellor. And it was a pretty
0: quick process. It, yeah. Do you remember it that way at all? Uh, that's exactly. Or is that revisionist history? That's exactly how I remember it. He was actually a, a pretty big candidate uh, when they hired Doc Foglesong prior to that, uh, and it was Foglesong was sort of like a copper. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. That that sound is his airplane flying over. I, I know what it was. I, I know what that, that sound was. I can't make a sound to describe what's happening with y'all. I could, but I'd have to be in the restroom. But that said, uh, yes, the Keenum process
3: was pretty pretty easily handled from what I can tell. Where's the tattoo when you enter the cult? Is there a brand? It's like, side, left, right? On the ankle somewhere. Arse. You're talking about hey, Dad? I'm just asking in general. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, it cracks up. We just had, we're in a chancellor listening session, and the man is upset about climate change and calling people in and saying, how is that productive?
2: It's not how, productive. How in, not a single uh, thing happened today is productive. What, uh, nothing that was said actually, today Actually, that's not true. That's not decision.
3: true. There's tons of shade in the student section now. Something productive <laughs> did happen
0: today. <laughs> Jeez. Uh,
1: my goodness. I mean, here we go. C Spire text line. I wonder if the new chancellor will support players kneeling during the anthem. Because
3: oh, that's, that's the actually job they of the I, hold, on, hold on, a second, hold on a
1: second. They actually did follow up with
3: haha ha, smiley face. Oh, so thank if you, you're gonna thank, just, thank okay, you, thank God. Thanks. I was about to say, just take a sharpie and write "I don't get it" across your forehead and just leave it. I think
1: that was really well played. <laughs> that actually, was very well played. Uh, Dave in the Delta says the IHL has already decided this is all show.
2: And maybe that's uh, true, but nothing that, that was not said today—it's hey, uh, uh, a bad show. Then
1: why are they doing it? It's—it's it's not true. That is
2: false. It's but not true. Nothing that was said today is going to impact the decision one way or another. Can, can I say? I, I was actually thinking about this a lot the other day. You know how I would have approached this if I had been in charge of making the hire. You would have hired the right person without fanfare. I just—I well, it's,
1: yeah, it's, personally, but no, no. Let me talk. Let me just—just just for a second think about how I would have gone about doing that. I would have sat back and I would have said, okay, what are we dealing with here? We're talking about a university in the deep south that has a history that it is constantly trying to overcome and move past that is part of the most successful athletic conference in the country and has plenty of academic achievements to which it can can improve. Who are we, to, to, to whom are we similar? At least like within the same realm or the same ballpark. And then I would have looked at those similar schools and said, okay, who's doing really well right now? Who's growing? Who's putting students out? Who's enrollments growing? Who's raising money? And once I identified those schools, Alabama would be one. That has nothing to do with football. Record-breaking enrollment, unbelievable construction, record-breaking fundraising year after year. You're not going and hiring Alabama's chancellor away. But is there somebody directly underneath that that chancellor who has seen how it should be done and what the process is for growth at a semi-similar college or university in the same region of the country? That's how I would have gone about identifying candidates. And then and then certainly look among your alumni base. Look among your state leaders and say, okay, is there somebody that stands out so far above everybody else that it becomes a no-brainer? And if it doesn't, then go find somebody that's really good at their job.
3: Yeah, but somewhere else makes way too much. And sense. bring them in makes way too much sense.
0: Is there a is there a, a Dr. Keenum in the Ole Miss group? Run right? is there somebody that everybody would be happy with? Is there a I name? I don't know.
3: I and mean, short. Uh, there, there's, there's kind of yeah. The, the the name
1: that 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 I think the most people would get behind is the guy that's the current president or chancellor or whatever the title is at the University of Arizona.
3: Robbins. What's his first name? I believe Robert
1: Robbins. Robert Robbins. Bobby Robbins, I think is what they call him. I mean, this this is a guy that ran the University of Texas Medical Center. It's also called MD Anderson. And ran it successfully. And he's a sitting president at a Pac-12 university that's far more prestigious than the University of Mississippi. And kind of wants the job. No, kind of. And you're having listening sessions about climate change.
3: That's where you are. You can't help but laugh.
1: In addition to all of the other stuff that's going on, (laughs) that's where you are. Madness. Renasant Bank Studio. We'll be back.